0: It's time to Accelerate. Hey, friends, this is Andy. Welcome to Episode 634 of Accelerate, the sales podcast of record. I'm honored to be joined on the show again for the second time by my guest, Adam Honig, CEO of Spiro. When Adam was first on Accelerate, his company's product had just been introduced, and the product and the market have evolved since that time. Spiro has evolved from an individual personal sales assistant into a full-fledged CRM tool, but it's still focused on the rep, and it uses technology to show sales reps what their most important and urgent priorities are, what actions are needed, and really, really kind of cool is that it's also a learning tool that learns from the rep's preferences, understands the rep's data to help them make better decisions, and encourages the rep to play to their strengths, so really the, the tech context of the conversation is are tools like this that are really focused on helping the reps more efficient and become more efficient and effective, is this really the future of sales tools, as opposed to uh, tools that are really geared for management reporting of what's going on? So we'll talk with Adam to see if that's if that's the case. I really look forward to it. So if you would like to see the show notes for this episode, go to andypaul.com forward slash six three one. Now, before we jump into my conversation with Adam, let me say that. I often hear from listeners that who are looking for a new sales challenge. And I tell them one of the most important elements to their career success is aligning themselves with the right company, you know, one that develops its employees, values their customers, and has a portfolio of leading products, category leading products that can compete with anyone in their market. So it's with its recent acquisition of level three, the new CenturyLink has become a world leader in providing many of those services, including cloud, security, real-time communications and manage services. So, if you're a top sales producer and you're looking to challenge yourself in order to take your career to the next level, then visit centurylink.com forward slash accelerate. That's centurylink.com forward slash accelerate and see if the CenturyLink is the right step for you and your career. All right, let's get to it. Adam Honig, welcome back to Accelerate.
1: Thanks, Andy. It's great to be back.
0: It's great to have you back. So, I think if listeners are paying attention to uh, our first interview, almost two years ago, um, yeah, we were talking about one of the things that was really interesting was was the fact that you do a lot of drone photography, and and you and I were talking about this before you come on the air that it's it's getting harder and harder to do that, but are you still you're still doing some of that.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, you know, been to Hawaii with my drone, you know, in the past year or so. I was out in Bosnia and the Balkans. And we actually it was the site of the Winter Olympics in the 80s at some point. So we flew the drone down the bobsled track. (laughs) Yeah. Which is really cool, which is a complete ruin today, unfortunately, because of the big war they had. But it was a great a great scene to to fly it around there. So, yeah, still still loving the drone. You know, can't get that uh, view from anywhere else uh, except when you're like 400 feet up in the air.
0: And is it easy to travel with it?
1: Yeah, I, I, it's really crazy because, like, I was traveling with my son, who who is a young boy, and he's got this little like um, matchbox thing that shoots a car out quickly. Yeah, and yeah. they confiscated that because it looked too much like a gun. But my, you know, <laughs> drone with all these propellers, they were like, "Yeah, go right yeah, on, go sir. Right don't on. <laughs> don't mind us." So, yeah, he, he was very upset. My son too. Well, so, I, but I the, can imagine.
0: Yeah. I mean, have you ever had anything confiscated at security? It's it's <laughs> it's infuriating. Uh um, yes. I mean, I had a for years. I traveled with. A, yeah, I run quite a lot, and I use one of these sticks where you can roll out your your calf muscles. And it's you know it's eight inches long or something like that. And I I'd carried it around literally for years with me. And one time, going through JFK JetBlue Terminal Five, which I my primarily primary airline, and yeah, TSA decided that day it was a weapon.
1: Yep. Yep. Wow. And
0: I'm like, you know, try logic, <laughs> making logic with them. This may be the hundredth time I've come through this particular security point with that in my luggage. Yeah, they didn't care. All right. Well, good. Well, great to have you back on the show. So let me ask you a question that I, I start, usually start all the interviews with. We started a different one this time, but, but is in your mind, what's, what's the single biggest challenge facing sales reps today?
1: Well, I think that sales reps today are have a lot of activities going on all at the same time, demanding their attention. Whether it's leads are coming in, or prospects that they're pushing through the pipeline, or active you know customer relationships that they need to manage, or internal reporting, of their families, or I mean, there's just so much stuff going on that how do you stay? very, very focused on the activities that are gonna make, you know, your sales happen, you money and the company grow. And I find that, you know, in, in talking with a lot of people to be something that people are constantly concerned about.
0: Well I do think it's one of the big challenges. I'd say it's probably the most common answer I get to that question is and I'll put it in different terms, is people saying overwhelm. Yep. Right. That that reps are overwhelmed. I mean, is there really a cure for that? I mean it's because you talked about you know, it's not just business. I mean, everything's happening sort of concurrently, right? I mean, business, personal, everything overlaps. Uh, the, uh, you know, diverse information sources that are bombarding us, uh, you know, notifications from this and that. How, how do we deal with that? I mean, uh, in a work environment, especially in sales, you know, how do, you, how do we get people
1: focused? Right, right. Well, I think that there's, um, I think that there's behavioral things that people can do uh, in order to set their day and have a priority and, and you know get up and really have some quiet time to know what you're trying to achieve, uh, you know, in the week, in the month, in the quarter. And I'm a big believer in that sort of visualization uh, for for the team. Um, but but I think. You know, when this is a little bit where my business is focused is I think that we need to turn the tables on the technology a little bit instead of the technology kind of causing everything to be faster and coming at us more. I think we need to use the technology to tame that and to organize it and make it so that you're the master of what's going on, not the other way. So I know that's a little bit abstract, but but that's part of what Spiro is kind of about: is all of these different signals that you, as a human being, are receiving. How do we get the machine to understand what those are, so that it can help you understand what you should be doing about it?
0: All right. So great, great way to sort of move into the conversation is about Spiro, but. We're going to come back to that because that I think that's a bigger topic, right? I mean, because mm-hmm. it's not just having to do with with sales and Spiros are more specifically focuses are on that side of things. But that is that's a really interesting thought. How do we? All right, so <laughs> before I get lost in thought and start daydreaming in the middle of the podcast, uh, it's been a while since we are on the show. So tell people what Spiro is and what you what you do. Uh, sure, sure. Because it's it's changed quite a bit since the last time you and I spoke.
1: It has, it has. So we started uh, Spiro as really being a what we called a personal sales assistant, something that would help individual salespeople manage their days, know what to do, whether it was calling or emailing or following up with somebody to, to move deals forward. And it was really interesting. Um, you know, We've had about 20,000 salespeople using the personal sales assistant, and we kept hearing more and more from them that they wanted Spiro to be really a full CRM. And that the idea that there could be a CRM that acted on their behalf for them, and and I don't mean by talking to customers or anything like that, I mean by, you know, updating data and creating, you know, records and stuff like that in in the system, would be of a lot of value. Uh, And specifically, we've kind of migrated into a, a patch of customers and prospects who are not typically using CRM, because they felt like using CRM was something that their sales teams would never really adopt. And so they, they stopped that process of, of putting sales automation in place. So, so today, what we offer <laughs> well, now is... That, and that's
0: very interesting. So what size companies are those?
1: You know, uh, we, uh, after we launched uh, Spiro, the, the full CRM product, we got an inbound call by from a, a very small company called New York Life. Yeah. And uh, New York Life uh, happened to be a customer of mine in the past, and we actually implemented uh, Siebel for them sure. at one point, and then replaced that with Salesforce. And so I was like, well, you, I know New York Life. You guys have got Salesforce now. And they're like, no, 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 that's an, a different division. know, we have uh, 1,100 field reps who have no CRM at New York Life. And yeah. I was just blown away by that that was even possible. And I said to them, but, but surely corporate once you do use Salesforce. And they said, um, well, we are on the roadmap. Uh, you know, in 2022, we'll uh, we'll be on Salesforce. <laughs> <laughs> so, so our customers range from you know from from smaller companies. Uh, shout out to the Miami Hot Springs company if anybody's in South Florida and they need a uh, a hot tub or anything like that. That's one of our great customers. All the way up to larger enterprises and divisions of publicly traded companies that just for whatever reason. Never went on to uh, a CRM platform.
0: Well, this you know, is it's really so funny you bring that up, story up, because I've talked about this on the show before. Is you know, of I've, I've examples of companies that have been in business for a long time. Give an example. One company had like 100 salespeople. That you know they're they're they've been in business for 100 years, and their strategic initiative for 2017 was to put in a CRM system. And people were sort of flabbergasted by this because they presume that everybody has one, right? That's just sort of the mythology that's around that everybody's got a CRM system.
1: Well, I was talking with the head of sales for one of our customers, and he said, you know, at my last company, we had Salesforce, and I would never subject my team to that here. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. You know, and I think, I think that's a, it's a problem because people perceive rightly, in a lot of cases, CRM as being extra work for the sales team that takes away from selling time. And they're just like, "Hey, it's just not worth it uh, and, for us,
0: and command and control
1: right, 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 although they don't usually object to the sales reps themselves might object to the command and control. The leaders often don't right. but uh, but I think the smart ones see that if they're um, if they're going to be doing things that disturb the culture of the sales team that that's going to have a negative impact on sales
0: now when you first got started, I mean the f- one of your thoughts was that hey, this is not really an app that's being bought by You know, enterprise basis that this is, you know, hey, we're going to seed this and get a bunch of people sort of guerrilla marketing into individuals. And, you know, hopefully the company wakes up one day and half their sales team is using Spiro. Are you still using that approach or are you actually doing enterprise sales?
1: We're doing more enterprise sales now, and I'll, I'll tell you that the the approach that we took it it, it was very promising, but it ran into one uh, major roadblock, uh, which is the uh, the Salesforce admin community. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and I know it sounds crazy, so we, we built Spiro as a personal sales assistant. It needed to suck the data in from somewhere to know what your deals were, and so we built it on Salesforce, they're the biggest CRM, sure. no big deal. And then you know we we had like uh, I don't know fifteen individual sales. Sales reps at Tableau Software using Spiro with Salesforce. Great! How exciting! Let's get a hold of Sales Ops and you know talk to them about why they're doing this and what the benefits are. No problem. Great conversation with Sales Ops, and then like they were like, great. Well, we're going to put it in the plan, and uh, why don't we speak again in six months and we'll see how we're doing on our plan. And I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and, and the whole Salesforce ecosystem, which is an amazing thing that, that they've developed and built, it's so, there's so much in there that um, it's just very competitive uh, to get whatever you're doing you know, on the agenda, in the top three priorities sure. you know, for, for a company with Salesforce. And there's so many you know, things that they're trying to fix and stuff like that. It's just It was a very slow sale. There, versus uh, running into you know these companies that don't have CRM, and we could show them the benefit of of how they basically could be guaranteed CRM adoption by using a tool like Spiro, and they would move very very quickly.
0: So it's standalone.
1: Yep, totally standalone. No other CRM required.
0: So well, let's let's dive in that for a little bit of a second, a little bit of time. So again, there's a sort of mythology built up that Salesforce you know is everywhere and omniscient and But interestingly, in the CRM space, not just you, I mean, if you look at the guests I've had on the show over the last two years, a lot of CEOs of of new companies building CRM systems. And interestingly, you'd think, well, why are they doing that? Right. On one hand, say, well, that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. But clearly, there's opportunity there.
1: Well, I mean, if you if you look at the the industry analyst reports, the Foresters and the Gartner's and these kind of guys, the Salesforce is by and large the biggest market share, but it's right around 20%. Mm-hmm. And the biggest, you know, on the pie chart is people who have nothing or some homegrown application. Right. And um, so I think there's a lot of opportunity in CRM uh, and a lot of room for innovation. And Salesforce, uh, you know, great company started off focusing on sales, hence Salesforce today. I mean, they're they're focused on really being an enterprise application, not just for the sales team. And so a lot of their innovation comes in different areas, Mm -hmm. not in sales. And Mm -hmm. I think that's opened up the door for more specialized firms to come out with great innovative products.
0: Now, you talk about Spiro being a proactive CRM. So tell us what that means.
1: Sure. Well, you know, sort of the dream is that you know salespeople would sell, and then Spiro would do everything else that's required for them. I mean, that's really what we want. So, serving up information as you need it, uh, capturing information as you're going along, so that you can just go through your workday. So, I'll give you a, a great example. So, one of the things that Spiro does is it it understands what's going on in your email. And based upon the context of the email, it's going to suggest to you and in some cases just do things for you like create contact records for you. If you and I have three emails back and forth and we're using certain language, it's just going to write a contact record for Andy Paul. It's going to find your phone number. It's going to associate all of our past calendar appointments and conversations and stuff like that together so that sales rep, if he ever needs to look at that, it's all set for him there.
0: Now is that you know, rule-based, rule or is that the user sets, or is that just part of your algorithm that's, that you have? That's just
1: part of how it works. So we're using uh, AI technology uh, based on natural language processing mm-hmm. that uh, uh, understands uh, sales conversations. And, and by the way, you know, the you know the personal sales assistant product, the first product we brought to the market, having you know twenty thousand users on it, we gathered tons of data about what the language that salespeople use with prospects and how prospects respond to that, to create the model to say, well, when Andy responds a certain way, Spiro's is going to say, "Hey, let's add him into our pipelines. Let's automatically create an opportunity for him so that because we think that there's a deal going on here. Mm-hmm. likewise, when you when I send you a proposal, Spiro is going to know that that happened and automatically change the sales stage to proposed. So you don't even have to go in and do those kind of things in the application.
0: Hmm. And it's, I presume, using machine learning then to be able to completely continuously educate Spiro about hey, these are new words that you should be looking for in conversations and so on.
1: Yep. Yep. Oh, absolutely. So the uh, and by the way, uh, so we we offer it in French as well as English today, because we have quite a few customers in Quebec uh, who said to us that they really love that feature and they want to see it working in French. So yes, uh, so it's an algorithm that learns and understands uh, the different language that's used in the emails to update and change things in itself, in mm-hmm. a way. It's kind of like the self-driving cars of CRM, if that makes any sense. <laughs> um, You've got LiDAR. Yeah, yeah I don't know. it's so so hard it's very awkward to say spiro updates itself you know like what does that mean but um you know but it, it it's really what it does and so again if you think about all that all those friday afternoons that you spent updating your forecast as a sales rep just imagine that you don't have to do that anymore and just imagine as a sales leader it actually does all of that for you and then applies a layer of intelligence onto it so if if you uh, have an opportunity with a prospect and you actually haven't reached out to them in two weeks, Spiro marks it as stalled because there's nothing going on there. Now it's a little bit more complicated than that because you might sure. have an, a reminder set or an appointment coming up in two months or your sales cycle might be three years long and it doesn't matter. So it, it factors all of that in but it it automatically categorizes the deals in different buckets so when you're sitting down to, to go through everything you understand uh, you know at a glance which deals you need to focus on with your manager.
0: Right. Now, when you first were coming out with Sparrow, it, it was a mobile platform. So now it's both mobile and online.
1: Yep, yep. We we have a, a great mobile app. The majority of our customers have uh, field sales teams where they take heavy advantage of the mobile uh, platform that we have. We have mm-hmm. a web app has built uh, built-in VoIP calling in it. You know so sales teams can literally uh, you know sit at their laptop and make call after call that Spiro's recommending that they do uh, and that's a a really big advantage because a lot of um there's a lot of wasted time between calls often if you're not really organized about how you're gonna do things right and Spiro makes all of that just happen for you
0: and does it work with any email client?
1: Well, uh, not any. I'm sorry to say that we still don't have Lotus Note support. And I know my brothers at Ricoh, the copier manufacturers, are very upset about that. They're still on Lotus Notes. Crazy, but true. Still on Lotus Notes, okay. They're still on Lotus Notes. They're such a big company. Um, But at any rate, uh, so we support Gmail, okay. you know, Exchange, uh, Office three sixty five, any any IMAP, any modern email system, sure. we we support for sure, uh, as well as Android and uh, you know iPhone and uh, you know any sort of modern browser as well.
0: Yeah. Well, and you talked about you know sitting there in your office on a Friday afternoon, and not having to update your records, and it, to me, it seems like when we look at sort of the the promise of artificial intelligence AI in sales. Most people sort of try to end game and say, Oh gosh, it's you know, it's gonna replace me. But it's really not that. It's really doing what you talked about. You know, how does how do we use intelligence to handle the repetitive tasks which consume selling time?
1: Right. Right. And I mean I I envision a world where Spiro can help more and more functions. You know, so if uh, let's say you're you're prospecting and you're trying to get an email response from uh you know from from a prospect and you're not and you're going through the different techniques that you use to try to get a response, you know, maybe Spiro will just send you an email saying, "Hey, try this," you know, instead. You know, and it can start making suggestions about different approaches based on what it's seeing you're doing. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, maybe you can say uh, you know, Spiro will see an email to you saying, hey, Andy, it sounds great. Can we talk next week? And Spiro can just take over the conversation and say yeah, you know, Tuesday at four is good for a call. Can I set it up? You know, and and just start to help you with all of those things. But I don't think it'll ever replace the, the direct connection that people have when they buy cuz the trust is such an important factor mm-hmm. in why people buy and I, I don't think i mean maybe you know in the future when you can't even tell if i'm a robot or not it'll it'll happen but uh, but i just have trouble seeing that
0: i may be able to tell when i see you but uh, yeah over the phone perhaps not so right. yeah so what you're really talking about is is taking over that conversation is really then sort of integrating bot technology you know our ai driven bot technology that could yeah, pick up certain elements of the conversation to help with certain administrative tasks and so on.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and just just make it. And and the other thing that's really you know underlying this as well is not just updating the data, but because the data is updated in more of a real time fashion, uh, you can make better decisions in sales about it you know so if you're getting inbound emails from certain clients but not others you know you have a tendency as a salesperson to, to gravitate to the people who are responding mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. but but is that really the best course of action in the moment is that you know $20,000 deal worth chasing down to go after versus really spending a little bit more time on the bigger deal like you know how do you how do you make that trade off in real time without the right data underneath it. You know, I think, you know, as smart as we all are, I'm sure that we're not always optimizing on sure. that basis. And the, the machine can do that. That's what it's designed to do. It's not designed to build rapport, tell jokes, or you know, answer unstructured questions, but doing that really good.
0: Well, but the question in that that case, when it's making decisions about what you should do in certain situations, you said it's got the data. And this is sort of an interesting point for me because you know i see data being misused oftentimes in sales management is it is it using that particular user's data or you know a broader spectrum of data
1: Right now, the way that we've built Sphero is it's using the users' data, which I think is the right answer, by the way. <laughs> well, it, I think there are trade offs, and I, I think you know, further on the product mode roadmap, we're looking at different options because um, you know, if you're managing a sales team, there there's sales reps who are probably performing better than others, and it might be useful for the algorithm to understand the differences between the high-performing reps and the lower-performing reps to make suggestions. Um, you know, so that's that's part of the future vision for the product, but it's um, y- you know, what's working for the higher performing reps might not work for the lower performing reps. Exactly. Anyway. Exactly. And, and I think so that's
0: I think that's sort of the issue. Is it's like how do we deal with that issue, which is that because I see lots of sales teams that yeah, our our training this week consists of hey, here's here's how John, number one performer, this is how he does it. Everybody be just like him. And what we're talking about are individuals that can't execute what John does the way
1: John does. Mm -hmm. Uh, So right now, Spiro encourages you to play to your strengths. So if if you're a sales rep who closes a higher rate of smaller deals, that's what Spiro prioritizes on. If you're more of an elephant hunter, and that's kind of the direction that you're having success at, Spiro goes that way. So, it, because it learns what your sales cycle is, what your deal size is, and all these things, as you use it to make those recommendations. So, I do think it would be interesting when we have enough data to look at the correlation across the group, you know. But but we're just not there yet.
0: Yeah, I, to me, the problem with some of those correlations are that, that yeah, you know, maybe they're not selling the exact same 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 size deals, excuse me, as you talked about to the same size right. customers with different set of. Uh, stakeholders and decision makers. You know the the variables are so different that that you can't really normalize that across you know six or seven different people because everything is unique.
1: Yep, yeah, right, 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 Your territory is Fairfield County, New York. Whoa, good for you. You know, mine yeah. is Utah. Totally different customer base, you know. I mean yeah, totally or, different situation.
0: Or Southeast Utah where there are no cities. I mean it's it's yeah. right, right. <laughs> no desert, territory. desert territory.
1: That's it's, that's the territory you put that rep in that you're like, I'm sorry, Greg, you have the desert territory this year. <laughs> <That's right. laughs>
0: I hope you like mountain biking because <laughs> that's how you're gonna get to your customers. Um but yeah, you know, that's that's why I see as sort of the, the problem is we create these these spurious correlation correlations uh, oftentimes in the data that, you know, in the absence of other variables, you, know, you don't really know why they're occurring.
1: Right, right, right. So so I think it's very important for, for AI in particular to take it one step at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, and I think that we also focus on areas that uh, a, a false negative is only going to have a minor impact. And so, what I mean by that is, you were, you know, one of the things that Spiro doing is making these call recommendations, mm-hmm. right? And we're putting them in an order that Spiro thinks is important. But you, as a sales rep, can explicitly say, no, I know that one's not important, and you can dismiss it. And that then teaches Spiro something about that. It doesn't always know exactly why, but it, it learns over time about that. And so, that way, um, you know, if we're wrong, the cost of being wrong in that way is, is very light. Do you understand what I'm oh, yeah, saying?
0: Yeah, but you haven't trained Spiro to say, Andy, I really think <laughs> that you really <laughs> want to do this.
1: <laughs> no, no, that, that's like a bug if that happens. <laughs> it's like it's telling me to call the same guy over and over yeah. again. What's
0: going on? Yeah, I just, you need that voice thing, sort of like your navigation system. <laughs> you know, I keep waiting for my nav system when I ignore their directions to go, are
1: you sure you didn't want to turn right there? But uh, yeah, I think life could really benefit from that feature <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
0: So what you're really talking about, I mean to me, that's sort of like you know, telling you who to call and so on is sort of predictive. It, it seems like another avenue I'm seeing companies in the AI space space go down in sales is sort of what some people call nudging, right? Is is mm-hmm. sort of telling you what to say in real time. Uh I mean, how do you see that evolving?
1: Well, you know, um, I think it's really cool and if if there was a way for Spirit to listen in on the conversation and provide real time feedback you know that that worked well that that would be awesome i I don't think the technology is there, and I think that the um, uh, the the likelihood of wrong advice going out is pretty high mm-hmm. so I'm not really that's not where we're focused right now, and if you look at the consumer products, which I think are really advanced compared to the enterprise products in this, so the Alexa and the Siri and all mm-hmm. this stuff, you know, they're okay. You know, they, they've kind of gone from bad to okay. You know, and when they're really good, I think us in the B2B side of things will be able to do interesting things with that kind of approach, but not now. Yeah. I, I just don't think that's the way to go. And the same thing with even transcription, like you can uh, definitely, you know, using Google Voice and all kinds of things like that, get the transcription sure. of, a, of a sales call and stuff sure. like that. But what are you going to use? What are you going to do with those five thousand words that you've captured? Like why <laughs> like that's that's the worse outcome for me of having no notes is to have a, a massive amount of notes that you're gonna spend, you know, a lot of time sifting through to figure out what the truth is there. So that's one of the reasons why we're not doing that today. We want to condense that text into just the meaningful bits.
0: Yeah, well I mean you're looking for a different perspective, right? Because I think a lot of the tool vendors that are working with transcription, it's about using the the text as a coaching tool, right? Again, back to this is what the top performer does you know, based on these keywords, you know, they have certain success rates, blah, blah, blah. This is what you should be doing. I don't think, Right. You know, yeah, very few are sort of oriented toward that sort of real-time, hey, uh, this is what you should be saying, Andy, at this point in time.
1: Right, right. Your phone is like buzzing. It's like really buzzing. You're like, oh, shoot. You know, I'm saying the wrong Like, How is that going to work? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I think that'd be, I think, and I think that's raised an interesting point, because I think one of the things I was sort of thinking as you are talking about how you sort of flip it the technology a bit, so you're sort of controlling what gets to the person, to the sales rep, is yeah, my suggestion for Spiro, a suggestion box is like during certain like during sales calls, block everything, <laughs> you know, that's that's on the phone. No notifications, nothing can come through. Just turn the phone into a brick, uh, mm-hmm. whether on the middle of a phone call or something, I think would be a a great tool because you know, this whole idea of being overwhelmed and, and that leads to distraction and people trying to multitask, which you know leads to a poor outcome for a sales call.
1: Right. Right. Yeah, I always wonder, like on on the news shows when they like the guy's got the earphone in, he's hearing from the producer and reading the script, and like that's that's some skill to be able to take in information and be live, you know, with a prospect or on the air or something like that and make that happen. I, I I'm not looking forward to that day when that's my expectation.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, I, I do think you're right. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's like trying to walk and rub your stomach and pat your head at the same time. I mean, it's. uh not easy, I can imagine. So yeah, I can't and i you, I think it's hard enough for salespeople right now is is just the temptation to look at their phone or do something else whether they're on a different call with a customer. Yeah, it'd be great to help them with this problem of overwhelm is you know right. and be a little more forceful with it. So
1: um I mean, one of the one of the reports that I read uh, by the guys at Nucleus Research—I uh, don't know if you know them—they were a Boston research firm. They no. wrote a a paper on uh, dark cockpit CRM, which I thought was great. Uh, and this goes back a couple of years, but it's basically like shut, exactly what you said—shutting off everything but just highlighting the key bits of information that you need in the moment. Right. And that's that's one of the things that we strive to in Spiro is limiting the data, like purposefully, mm-hmm. like. You can only have so much data available to you and um, and that theoretically should make you able to focus more and and platforms like Salesforce, which are great because they're so extensible, uh, you know this this community of, of Salesforce developers, just adds so many things into it. You know what I mean that just reviewing an opportunity record, for example, might be a twenty minute exercise <laughs> versus just <laughs> being able to pick up the phone and bang, make a call, you know. Yeah.
0: Right. Well, I think though, this, this community of Salesforce developers, though, what they, you know, cagey move on the part of, of Salesforce is to turn them loose because, you know, they are the ones that really, you know, create the value for Salesforce. Right? right. I mean, Salesforce, you could arguably say, has very little value absent many of these outside external developers because this is how people are getting the data into this, what is essentially now just a database.
1: Exactly, with with a GUI from nineteen ninety nine or whatever. But, whatever. Who, but who's well, keeping which, track? Which right? most people don't need
0: to use anymore because they got these other apps that are interfaced with it and and you know input the data.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's a beautiful thing they've built, uh, but I don't know how well it works for you know individual salespeople.
0: It doesn't. These other apps do, right? I mean, yep. I, I, for that company that said that their strategic initiative for two thousand seventeen was to put in Salesforce. Put in a CRM and I asked, him, Well, which one did you choose? And I said, we chose Salesforce? And so I asked him, I said, Well, you know, how, what's, you know, what's it gonna look like? I mean, what other apps are you gonna use? You know, what's your sales team gonna use? And started going, No, it's just gonna use like a vanilla instance of of Salesforce. And I thought, Oh, wow. <laughs> good luck.
1: Yeah, let me know how that goes. Yeah, exactly.
0: yeah, I haven't checked back with him. I should. So, well, good. Adam, it's been great talking to you again. Um, Tell folks how they can find out more about Spiro and maybe give the product a try.
1: Sure. Well, you can, uh, you can find out more information at spiro.ai. That's S-P-I-R-O dot i uh, I'll tell you it's a funny story for anybody who's thinking about having a business with a .ai, um, you know, because artificial intelligence, sure. of course. It's also from the country of the Caribbean nation of Aruba, uh, not Aruba, Antigua, which owns that domain space, and we went through procurement with a large financial services company. And one of the red flags they had was that we were based in the Caribbean, because <laughs> they looked at our domain. You're so, keeping, keeping your cash stashed there, <laughs> exactly. So it's you know, so if you're thinking about the AI, you know, domain, to just keep that in mind, if financial services is your target market, but Spiro.ai, you can find out everything you need there as well as get in touch with us.
0: Excellent. Or maybe they thought you were like, you know, some of these big multinational corporations that, you know, had their, uh, for tax reasons, had all sorts of uh, shell companies set up down there.
1: You know, I'm sure there's a lot of money to be made in that, but uh, I think the hurricane really wiped those guys out. So
0: ah, there you go. Or they all went to the island of Jersey, like Apple. So <laughs> exactly. All right, Adam. Great talking to you and uh, friends. Thank you for spending this time with me today. Make sure you come back. Join me for the next great episode of Accelerate. Until then, if you get a chance, really appreciate it. Go to iTunes, subscribe to this podcast, leave a review. We want to hear what we can do to make this an even better experience for you. So, thanks again for joining me. Until next time, this is Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone.